This is a good one. You know why? Because both Perez and I, that's Alex and Mac respectively, we've been on the inside of the industry and now we're sort of outside. We're sort of in the middle, really. We're between the consumer and the factories and we've seen both sides of the coin and I think we have pretty interesting takes on how the industry moves and how it works versus how it's presented from the inside. So that's what this podcast episode is all about. Stay tuned. Oh, dude. I am so excited about right now. Um, look at this guy. <laughs> Makerspace. I saw those. That was super grippy. Look at this. That looks super it, trippy. It's my favorite packaging by far. Um, this size is just ridiculous. I haven't had this cigar since I had the samples, like since I tried them a while back. Um, so this is the first time I'm going to be smoking it with. I want to. I was going to smoke it yesterday. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to wait for the podcast. Um, and I got the makerspace lighter right here too. That's why you didn't tell me. I like the lighter. I'll, I'll, I got you a lighter. Listen, this is why I wanted to be outside. You know, you know I smoke inside, but I wanted to be outside. I, I, I truly wanted to take advantage of this beautiful weather right now. Bro, it's like low 70s. It's insane, you know? Um, yeah, today, Today, the morning was pretty chilly here. It's already gotten hot, but it was really nice. Really nice. So yeah. And, and did you eat anything? Cause I'm on an empty stomach. Like I'm, I'm in the, everything is gone correctly. Everything has gone perfectly for me to enjoy the cigar to the fullest. I had an early morning breakfast. That's neat. I had an early morning breakfast. Uh, just because I'm a lightweight. Don't ever forget I'm a lightweight. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I just need it. I usually don't have breakfast because I don't burn that many calories in the morning anyway. Well, actually. You, you're, you're a calorie counter. Okay. Well, no. It's more about if I burn a lot of calories in the morning, I'm going to feel like shit in the afternoon if I don't eat anything. I can't tell you how good the cigar is. So I used to, well, I'm smoking a pretty good one too, but it's not the Makerspace. This one has no name. And I'll tell you when we, when we uh, get started on the actual episode. I, this, is, this is the actual episode. Okay, so episode seven, we, we, we have to start every episode by saying the name of it. The episode seven, what are you smoking again? Fucking make your face. Listen, I, I think we should we should give it to the people as, as it is. We should just run it as soon as we say, "Hey, it's recording!" Boom, it's on. No filter here. Bam, it's on. That, that's an old paintball meme. Shit, it doesn't make sense in this space. But I, I feel you. I'm, I'm on the same page there, actually. So it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned paintball. Um, I posted one of the preview videos on Instagram and one of my boys, Jeff Gowdy, I'm going to send this to him when, when it comes out. 
He's like, am I crazy? Or that guy used to run the paintball field in Santiago. And I'm like, I cracked up. He was, he was referring to you. He, I cracked up. I was like, I, I don't know about running it, but I'm pretty sure you're talking about the same guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was me, all right. I was... I was really involved in the paintball field. Uh, and I sort of slowed down just because uh, I'm a filthy casual at paintball. I'm... I'm I don't like competitive paintball. It's 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 not as fun as just shooting the shit for fun, you know. There's, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of rage, anger. People get take it too seriously, I think, and it, it's not it's not that great uh, for me. So some people love it and enjoy it, but yeah, I used to be at the paintball field every day, all day, because uh, I used to take classes at night, so I'd go in the afternoon to the paintball field. That's how I kept my YouTube channel going. Nice. But, How's that going, yeah, by the way? So you're still doing some stuff with your YouTube channel, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about making more than just pull, paintball stuff. Plug yourself stuff. in, man. Plug myself in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Well, my channel, guys, is blah, blah, blah. And then you... Oh, yeah, I give myself a plug. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually thinking about changing the name of the channel. Oh, so, why? Ah, uh, you'll find me. Uh, you'll find okay. me. Okay. Because yeah, I'm a big deal. Mag. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the Madman. If you look up Madman Paintball, you'll probably find it, even if I change the channel name. Just because of the keywording. But, but yeah. Uh, I actually stopped making YouTube videos because my lifestyle changed once I started working full-time in the cigar industry. Uh, and I just didn't have the same time to make YouTube videos. And... You were also working on the inside, so I think this is a great episode and a great opportunity to talk about what's it like being on the inside. And, I think uh, you just made the perfect transition, so props to you. Mm-hmm. That's what I am. A great transitioner. It gets me out of trouble a lot. That's, that's all you ever wanted to be when you were growing up? A perfect transitioner? No, no. Uh, it was actually something I had to do as a defense mechanism because I'm a very distracted guy at school. It used to be. So uh, it got me out of a lot of trouble. It really did. <laughs> nice. You're having the makerspace, and I'm having a nameless cigar. So it's not really worth talking about what it is, more about who made it for me. I went to visit Don Eladio's factory. It's not open yet. He used to be master blender at Davidoff and uh, he rolled me this, like right in front of me and it was pretty cool. Uh, a great gift from Don Eladio and I'm enjoying it live in the podcast. We'll keep in touch with him. But what's it like on the inside? That's what we're talking about here. To me, I actually came in with a very open mind because I wasn't a cigar consumer or at least a frequent cigar consumer when I stepped inside. I wanted to work in Dominican industry, as I had stated in, pre in episode one. But I really came out noticing and sort of buying into a lot of the industry jargon about extra aged and, uh, and the blend complexity and all that. And I sort of went realizing minute by minute that, well, there's uh, it's a lot more simple than that. Uh, quality, the quality of cigars is, 
has less to do with the aging, for example, has less to do with uh, where the tobacco is from, for example, and more to do with the effort behind every step of the process. So yep. if you grow tobacco in Colombia with a lot of effort, you're going to get a better result than if you just lazily let it grow in the best soil in the world, which would be arguably the Cibao Valley or in Nicaragua or in Cuba. It depends right. on who you ask. They'll, they'll say those things, but those things don't matter nearly as much as who and how. So who cares enough and how are they doing it? And the same goes for the post fact for the post field processes like uh, curing and fermentation and in the factory too. So that's what matters. And it's not really something that's talked about by the manufacturers. They just don't talk about how much effort they put into it. It's more about the magical things behind the aura and the tobacco. I mean, the, the location it was grown in, the tobacco, uh, sorry, how long it was aged, that sort of stuff it matters, but not nearly as much as how much effort and correct work goes behind the final product. I think the, I think you, you're right in a way, I think you're maybe lacking the, the focus on why they say that. It's just because they want to differentiate themselves in a way, and the easiest way for them to differentiate in, in, a, in a immediate circumstance is by emphasizing that you can have the greatest idea, the best blending process in the world, the best uh, streamlined for, for you know intentionality behind the efforts, but if you don't have great product. You have nothing. I think that's the angle on why you know you see manufacturers or brands just focusing a lot on you know the the hard work, the you know the the the, the sorry the, the the quality of the product, the the processes instead of actually emphasizing on you know what really needs to get done, particularly per country, per, you know, per conglomerate, per factory, per operation. So I, I just think that's the angle. I think that's why maybe a little bit there's just, you know, there's a little bit of lacking there on, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you don't want to, I think this is a very jealous industry in a way. You know, like everybody shares oh, yeah. product or whatever. But at the end of the day, these, these are the small details that are going to differentiate why you are, you know, the way you are successful in the long term versus, you know, short term or just baking it or getting it through or just um, selling enough product to stay in the market for a little bit. I don't know. I get that's my take on that. I think I think you hit like. You, that's a great point, um, but at the same time, I guess there may be a reason why they don't emphasize on, you know, the hard work or the particularities that you have to exhaust to, uh, you know, to attain a and maintain success for 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 long term. Um, but again, I'll, I'll, I'll emphasize what I said earlier about. 
what these manufacturers always say. I mean, if you have, if you don't have a good product, you're you're screwed. I mean, like if you don't have good tobacco, you could do, you could work as hard as you want. You could exhaust all these processes. You could do whatever you have to do. Call the gods, the tobacco gods, but you're never gonna get a consistently superior product. Let's call it that. If you don't have great tobacco. Well, good tobacco is made. It's not just this magical thing that you mine it from the ether or whatever. It's, it's, it's something you put a lot of that hard work and effort into. But it's more about the marketing jargon that I'm talking about here. Uh, because the insiders, when it comes to actually making cigars, they know what makes a good cigar. But that's not what they talk about when it comes to consumers. Usually. But uh, let, let's say someone like Ostos from La Isla. He doesn't care. He'll tell you what's up, right? Yeah. So Ostos is, is new school, though. I mean, like, he's been around for a while. Um, part of the Casala family, you know, working in the factory for, for many years, being part of trade shows and just... You're not going to like that. I'm um, not hearing it. Your, your AirPods actually have great noise canceling because I'm not hearing a thing. Oh, that was just an airplane flew by. Um, but yeah, he, he's I got a new, he, it's a newfound perspective. I mean, this is a guy that's that exhausted these, um, these stages in, in, you know, in growing in a factory. And then as a young guy in a new era, you know, created his own stuff. So, you know, he'll probably give you, give it to you as it is more than, you know, all these guys that, that have, uh, basically been building for the last couple of decades maybe it's a newfound perspective so you go ahead build on that build on that i i, I, I like where I you're going think, with it and, and i like where you're going with it i think it is a uh you and i arguably a lot younger than the mean of the industry right so what's i know gentlemen's gentlemen in their 40s usually ostos is probably in his mid-30s right yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not so, gonna disclose Oso's age. He's 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 a little I don't know sensitive of his age, so yeah, I'm probably not gonna say uh, anything. Well, I don't know. I, I'm only guessing, right? But <laughs> yeah, we're a bit younger than the mean, and uh, I think it's fair to say that we see things in a very different way because we have had access to a lot more information from the very start. And I'm not saying this in a in a sort of presumptuous sort of way, but it's it's sort of like innate in young people to sniff bullshit sometimes and i don't want to call it bullshit because it, it, it's the the marketing jargon is about the mystical the aura the magical and i get it but at the same time i think we've developed in this information age a little bit more of a keen intuition in terms of okay you're selling me something but what's the real deal What's really going on? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you give it to me as it is, as it really is, I'm probably more likely to, you know, be loyal to you or keep buying it, um, regardless if I'm questioning why, you know, right? Yeah, I, th I think, I think that's ultimately it. And uh, this is a 500-year-old industry, pretty much. So let's let's go back. So. Tobacco was brought to Europe by the Spaniards. 
in the early 16th century, possibly late 15th century. But we're talking about a decade of the, of, uh, of the 15th. So that's not much. And after that, it sort of evolved into the cigar industry that is today. What made it sell back in the day? In the day? Well, it's this magical leaf that the, that the natives of the New World consume and smoke. Yep. You can see how a lot of that has made its way into today's marketing. Uh, but we're also in a very scientific age and the magical, the magical talk isn't quite what it used to be. People a lot more speculative about everything they hear and they don't tr immediately trust any, everything that's sold to them because everywhere we look there's marketing. Right, you're driving, yep. street signs, marketing. You turn on the radio, marketing. You go to YouTube, every two minutes, ad, marketing. So, to a degree, we've, we've kind of filtered a lot of it. And you just want to hear it like it is. And maybe yeah. that's, that's, that's where I was going with it. Um, I, I get it now. I think, I, I like your angle. Um, I think at the same time, you you got to understand like the market has changed so much. I mean, just look at the cigars. I mean, co it's constantly evolving. You go back five years ago, big ring gauges. That was that was the deal. Yeah. Catalogs yeah. going crazy with the sixty by seven, sixty by six, sixty by five. I created a project uh, for a big company. I'm not going to say the name. I well, created a few. Created a few with working with Hochi, but one of them was. Um, wow, I'm not going to say the name, but point is that cigar was a hit for a moment. It was, it was, it owned the majority of, of uh, the factory's production and it was insane. The amount of cigar, it was short filler. Um, there was a line that, that a premium side of it that was long filler, but they were, um, 60 by five, 60 by six, 60 by seven. And, you know, you see numbers, you talk with people, you talk to manufacturers, talk to contract manufacturers, and, you know, they say, like, oh, last year, finally, Lancero started to move. There was, like, a Lancero crave. You couldn't move Lanceros five years ago. You could try, but you would probably, you know, keep 70% of the production, no matter what the number was, 5,000 or 50,000 or 500,000. Um, and then you'll have a a wave of new smokers that just smoke Lanceros or, you know, guys in, in IG that are just obsessed with Lanceros. I know there's Mr. Lancero um, on IG. He's a great, great uh, member of the community. Um, we've interacted a couple times. Cool guy. Um, and then you have people that are focusing on really producing solid Lanceros because I, I, we've mentioned this before. I don't know if it was in one of the episodes, but a Lancero could be the best cigar ever as it could be the worst cigar um, because it's so complicated to make. It's a very long um, cigar and at the same time it's very thin. So those are the two most complicated combinations to get one, the ideal ratio and two, the best construction. So, you know, and then you'll have Macanudo be the number one selling cigar 15 years ago and now you know, you won't even have the sweet dip baccarats that were up there. You know what I'm saying? It's a completely different market. And then you have people that bring stuff back, like Saka with the um, with the creme brulee. Uh, with the it's a 
phenomenal cigar, but it's sweet tipped. You know, like there's a few people that say there's there's a school that says, oh, this is this is crazy. Like it, it, there's there's two adjacent worlds, but they they should be divergent. Like there shouldn't be sweet tipped cigars in in the premium segment. And there's others like, oh, this guy's you know bringing baccarat to the market to the hype of the market but bringing it with like top-notch quality which is like everything that Sokka does and it's just, just fantastic love him or hate him he, he's got a lot of haters but love him or hate him Sokka's stuff is always top-notch in terms of quality I, I don't love all of the cigars I mean Sin Compromiso is one of my favorite cigars ever um, but you can tell that there's quality to everything that he does Yeah, quality, quality comes first. I agree. Uh, yeah, so, so just to, to resume the point, I kind of drifted off, away a little bit, but market's changing. So you gotta, obviously, there's, there's, there's a new wave of how to market the product. It's like, it's not just the consumer, but the intentionality behind smoking, you know? So there's, there's a big, this is a big no-no for conversation, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go there because it's just like I, I love doing this. Um, let's talk about those cigarette smokers that are looking for a healthy, and I'm just gonna say a healthier, non-abrasive alternative to um, you know to their lungs, and bring bring in the pandemic and everybody worrying about COVID effects and, and you know and like long-term effects and not just getting COVID, but like whoever was exposed to it and got through with it i mean one of the things that was really brought on to the to, to the to limelight was cardiovascular problems and like breathing and like asthma and stuff like that you don't get that smoking cigars you don't inhale the tobacco so a lot of people that wanted to sacrifice their 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 cigarettes um but they didn't want to leave the tobacco they were switching to cigars and there's a new crowd there's a big wave of new consumers that were used to be cigarette smokers that are now cigar smokers. I mean, I, I can't really objectively um, bring in data on it, but there's a lot of polls out there. Um, there's a lot of just articles, conversations, just the way that the cigar industry grew, not just, I mean, we're talking about a lot of new consumers, not just existing consumers that are smoking more, but about a lot of new consumers. And we're talking about this demographic from cigarette smokers that are coming onto the scene, but at the same time, we're having, you know, younger people getting in, like, average age of cigar smokers in the 90s was probably 50s and 60s. Uh, early 2000s, 40s and 50s. Dude, our demographic is, like, anywhere from 20 to 50. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's 21, actually. 21 to 50. It's crazy. Young consumers, I love it. People are, are, are understanding. I mean, we're, we're a vivid example of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought we were young in the, in the scene, and then I started linking up with my boy, Kenneth, um, from Fanatics. Dude, Kenneth's like 22. It's crazy. He's running the game right now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's so amazing how, you know, how a lot of young guys are, are, are you know, substantially representing the industry and and impacting it and changing it so that's a big part of it demographics new market new people um new consumers 
Speaking of the new market, it sort of touches on on a point that the industry as a whole is really dependent on, which is, let's say, the darker side of the cigar industry, which is machine-made cigars. A lot of cigar companies deeply depend on their income from machine-made cigars. It allows them to gain capital and invest into premium cigars, which is what they like, but they can't do it without the cash flow that machine-made cigars gives them. And there's a good reason for that. So let's say you have a 20-acre field of tobacco, and that yields you one harvest for premium tobacco that goes into cigars. Well, guess what? When you harvest those plants, they grow leaves again, and you don't throw those leaves away. You harvest again and again, about two or three more times, and those go into machine-made cigars. So you can pair one harvest versus three in one season from premium to machine-made cigars. Take that scale and multiply that, considering that there are some farms that are just for machine-made tobacco or for machine-made uh, cigar tobacco. And that, that scale, uh, like that, that's a massive scale industry. And a lot of people are getting into cigars through machine-made cigars, flavored cigars too, they're huge. And uh, that dark side of the industry is what I like to call it because let's be honest, it's not as exciting as the premium side, but it's a reality too, that maybe this industry couldn't be so, let's say, rich. I hope your old boss never listens to this. Oh, he, he, he knows what I think. Okay, he knows what I think. <laughs> uh, I think that if it weren't because of of that, of that large machine-made cigar industry, we'd have even more people getting into premium cigars. But at the same time, that expansion is allowing the premium cigar industry to, to grow. grow. Yeah, yeah. So, so you gotta, you gotta, you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. It, it's a, it's a. There's two sides to every coin. And while machine-made cigars, yeah, when you throw out the bathwater, keep the baby, right? You got to give the devil his due. So. You know, it's one of those things that you realize when you're once you're on the inside that it's very abundantly clear that without the machine-made cigars, that project you dreamt up is never going to happen. That, that happened to me once uh, when I was pushing for something to be done. It couldn't be done unless certain capital was allocated, and that projection took six months, and most of the funds came from machine-mates, which is crazy. But it is what it is. So, it is what it is. Yeah, you scoff at it, but you, you, you gotta live with it at the same time. But then again, machine-made cigars are the reason that there are so many regulations on premium cigars, too. There's uh, a reason well, we, 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 gotta, we gotta make a proper distinction here, huh? Very important. There is homogenized and there is non-homogenized machine-made cigars. Because there's machine-made cigars that are made of purely premium-grade tobacco, nothing else. So it's literally the same as a cigar, as a handmade long-filler cigar, but it's short filler and it's made by a machine. That's the only technical difference. Now, 
homogenized tobacco, homogenized um, uh, machine-made cigars. Um, I'm not going to go into detail, but uh, it's a, but uh, it's, a, it's a different. It's a different. Uh, it's a different product. The fact that this has to happen says everything. So, uh, yeah, very. It's it's a very important part of the industry. Let's just leave it at that. And without it, there's there's so much that can be done, but at the same time, there, there's some compromises that have to be made. So yeah, I think that pretty much uh, that covers it for. I, I don't think we we touched so much on you know we we don't we didn't go so deep on the transition behind you know the, the you know what curtailed well, being behind a, a certain. I know what you mean, but I think the reason that happened is because where do the profits come from? That's what matters, and that's why we transitioned. We sort of went on an offshoot of the industry, but because the industry cares a lot about that offshoot. Yeah, that's a good point. Nothing. Yeah. Dude, by the so, way, uh, I'm yeah. shooting with your camera, and um, I'm outside. I wanted to shoot with natural light, the, I, as I told you earlier. I wanted to get the full experience of getting my uh, Chemex, um, you know, drip coffee maker space, which is I honestly I hate hyping cigars. It's so good, it's ridiculous. Uh, weather's in I'm like try it. it's got to be like seventy-two it. degrees right now. It's got to be like seventy-one, seventy-two. It's so amazing. Um, you know, and I said, you know, let's bring this puppy outside and. Um, now that I'm seeing the um, the uh, the screen here with natural light, just beautiful, beautiful. I think you're gonna enjoy it, man. But uh, I'm gonna keep it for like another week, week and a half, and you'll see it in like two weeks. Oh, I, I need to get one. I need to get one. Give me a little baggie of maker spaces, because I don't have one yet, guys. Yeah, no, your um, yours is um, on the way today. It's on the way today, but yeah. I was talking about your camera. Mine, audience. Yeah. Well, the camera probably. It, it, I want to see that video. That, that's all I'm gonna say. So, um, episode seven. Great morning. Great weather. Great topic. I think. Fairly um, contentious. It was a, it's a good conversation. Had the. Uh, Makerspace with uh, with the band for the first time and it's unbelievable. It's ready to go. I'm excited for everybody to start receiving it. So uh, I got a lot going on. We got some more conversations to have throughout the day. Um, I got a new idea that I think you were going to go crazy about. So we're going to have a conversation probably after lunch awesome. about it. Um, but I'm going to head out, man. I'm going to dip. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Any last words, Mac? Yes. Bye. <laughs> Come back next week for the next episode, and I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. And uh, let us know what you think about the Makerspace before you get it. And next week, if you hopefully have yours, whenever you do, let us know how you like it. Hey guys, it's Alex, and if you enjoyed this episode or any other one from the podcast, check out our website, mycigarpack.com and cigaryard.com where we provide the most dynamic cigar subscription service in the market 
by collecting the world's best cigars and delivering them to your door and a enhanced online shopping experience when buying your cigars or learning from the culture. Subscribe to this channel, share with your friends and family, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can contact us through our websites. Check it out, mycigarpack.com and cigaryear.com, our YouTube channel, the podcast. It's all an ecosystem. See you soon.